My name is Nicholas Haskins, and over the past 40 years, I have fallen in love with creating in my kitchen. I'm not a chef, I'm just a guy who loves cooking from scratch with fresh ingredients and trying to spread some positive energy in the world. Join me on my culinary journey inside the kitchen and out as I explore the ups and downs of cooking, baking, and living. Welcome to Nikolai's Kitchen. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. This is a show that's all about my journey of positivity and scratch-made food. My name is Nick. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time here, such an amazing thrill that you're here that you've decided to put this into your ears today. Thank you. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate so much that you make me a part of your regular routine. I know last week on the show, I said that it was the last recording I was going to be doing in this space, in my old apartment, in the old EFG Studios North. God, I've been podcasting here for six years. It's insane to me to think about. Six years. More podcasting memories alone than I can possibly ever mention here more amazing episodes than I could ever possibly bring up I talked a lot about that stuff last week so I don't want to wax too much on about it today instead today at long last we're going to talk about the AMA the AMA I put it out there I was supposed to release it I think at the beginning of August yeah, and I mentioned it even a few weeks ago. The audio is just sitting on my desktop. I just haven't had the chance to edit it. And, I mean, it's not even like it would be that hard. I think maybe part of it is just it's letting you guys in a little bit further. Not that I ever really hold anything back on this show and not that I ever, like, really get away from sharing everything I'm thinking, everything I'm feeling. I don't know. I don't know what it is that's kept me from editing it for this long. I've just been so overwhelmed and, and just I've had so much on my plate for so long. And I'm really, really excited to get this audio to you guys. Now, I haven't listened back to it. I haven't edited it as of right now. So what's that going to sound like? I'm not 100% sure what's going to be in there. I don't even remember the answers to some of the questions that I put in there. But what I do know is I am filled with gratitude for all of your amazing questions. For those of you who took the time to send in uh, answers, you know, and or questions, you didn't send in answers. I sent in answers. I didn't even send them in. I just wrote them down. <laughs> oh my Lord. I mean, I am all over the place right now. It's, I mean, I carried a ton of furniture upstairs earlier today for my son and literally I'm going to pick up a moving truck tomorrow and moving all of his stuff and then we're bringing the truck back here loading my bed and my bookcase and this desk that I am sitting at right now into that truck and then after I get some cleaning and some organizing and stuff done I leave for Ithaca I'll never sleep here again I'll never make another meal here again I've got a little something special here if you'll indulge me. Ah. So I decided that there was a couple of different ways that I could handle things here tonight. And I could sit here and be really emotional. And it's not that I'm not emotional. I am. But the emotion that I'm filled with mostly is happiness is excitement for the next chapter of my life to begin. I don't know if you can hear the... Really get that microphone in there, see if you can hear that. So I've got some extra dry champagne. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to have some champagne while I record this part of the show. I normally never drink when I do the show, which if you've ever listened to the Epic Film Guys stuff, uh, exactly the opposite of that. Yeah, exactly the opposite of that. So, you know, but I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate all of the amazing hours of audio that I recorded in this space, of course, with Justin. 
an epic film, guys. And then with Loy Saucy and Justin, when Loy Sauce joined the crew, all of the countless hours of amazing guest spots I did on great shows, shows like Two Peas, like Netflix and Swill, like The Countdown, like movie reviews and 20 Qs, or like, and you guys haven't heard it yet, and I didn't even record that audio here, but just, I still lived here at the time, so it's almost part of the experience, but M from Verbal Diorama is kicking off season three. I cannot wait for you guys to hear that episode. Uh, it just amazing. She's so amazing. Just, I've got so many amazing memories tied into this place. I really, really do. And uh, I just poured some of this on my... <laughs> Yeah, it's been one of those. I mean, like I said, I've, I've, I've been moving furniture. Like we took a whole bunch of old crappy furniture out to the dumpster to get rid of that, throw all that stuff out. And then literally everything, my son, my apartment is designed as such poorly, as I might add, that his bedroom is upstairs. The rest of the living space, living room, master bedroom, kitchen, all that stuff is downstairs. So He's kind of in his own little world up there, but, uh, you know, it's a straight shot, like right out the front door from his bedroom door. Like there's a like four foot hallway in between the two. So I figured to make it easier on myself tomorrow, I would just move all the stuff that he is taking upstairs and just make it that much easier to get the truck loaded because eh, tomorrow is going to be a really long day and I want to make it less long as much as possible. So, yeah, I mean... I've got a lot of mixed emotions about not where I'm going. I'm moving in with the love of my life, and she is beyond words incredible to me. She is better to me than I ever, ever thought I ever deserved or would ever find. And I I am I am so incredibly happy, and we have a beautiful home in Ithaca. It's got an amazing kitchen. Like this kitchen is meh. <laughs> this kitchen's fine. It's big, which is the one kind of good thing it's got going for it. It doesn't have a ton of counter space, but it at least is it's decent enough, you know. But you know, I I just I don't even know what to I don't even know what to say. I don't even know where to really go with a lot of this stuff. I I I really really don't. I'm just I'm, I'm such a, a swirl of, of emotions right now. I'm not worried about where I'm going. I'm just, my son's going to be going out on his own for the very first time. And I'm still going to be able to help him in a number of different ways, which I'm privileged enough to be able to do. And I'm really grateful that I'm going to be able to help him because I never had help. And one of the things I always, as a parent, I've always really strived for was you know, I didn't ever want my kids to struggle the way I did. Especially when I moved up to Binghamton back in the beginning of 2012. January 1st, 2012 is when I started uh, at my first place in Binghamton. And I'm still in the Binghamton area nine years, almost 10 years later. But one of the, you know, I moved into an apartment with a person who I then evicted from that place like two months later cause crazy. And I was left, unfortunately at that time, living in a townhouse that I could not afford. And I was working at 21st century at the time. I had to think for a second, is it 20th or 21st century? I'm like, no, 20th century is 20th century Fox, like the movie studio. <laughs> I did not work for 20th century Fox. I worked for 21st century car insurance and I worked four 10 hour days and I would pick Justin up every day. And that was when Justin and I really became really good best friends is every day I would pick him up and we would go to work and then we'd go to the gym during lunch. We had an hour lunch. And then after work, we'd go to the gym again and then we'd go back to his place and drink stuff like four loco because reasons <laughs> and would usually watch movies, you know, and it was great. It was amazing. I loved it so much, you know, but uh, we were working overtime. Like on the three days that we had off, they would offer full days of overtime and we would go in and work full days of overtime. 
So I was working tons and tons of hours. So like it was survivable with that. And then in October of that year was when I started with the company that I'm with now. And I went from working, getting all that overtime and granted I was making more money, but I was also only getting 40 hours a week. I was in training for like eight weeks and I was only making the base pay, you know, 40 hours a week, no overtime, no extra, nothing. I mean, you get paid weekly. So you got like, it's kind of nice when you budget and you get paid weekly because you get like an extra paycheck in your, you know, household budget every three months. But that notwithstanding, I couldn't afford to live in that townhouse. And there were some times back then when I, I would have to have like 20 to 25 bucks a week for groceries because back then my son didn't live with me. And back then I would have them every other weekend. And so I saved whatever money I did have, you know, so I could make sure that they had good food and they had, you know, whatever I could give them, even if it was only the simplest, smallest little things. It was so important to me to make sure that I could always give them something. But, you know, there, there, were, there were some lean, lean times back in those days. And then I moved into a tiny one-bedroom apartment over in Johnson City with the worst neighbor I have ever had, like unequivocally. Like if I moved, if I breathed in that apartment, he would be pounding on the walls because they had like those wood paneling, the faux wood paneling walls, like straight out of the seventies or straight out of Rebecca's parents' living room, as she told me. And then I found out when I went to Virginia, but I grew up with that same paneling too, because that's just what all houses had in like the seventies and early eighties stuff. But yeah, that was what was uh, on the walls in between the units, and there was no insulation in between them to soundproof or anything. So yeah, did he hear every single thing I did over there? Yeah. And I have this voice, which, I mean, granted, you, listener, can turn me down to whatever volume you want to, but if I'm in person with you, I have a very loud voice, and it projects very, very well. This is from my mother's side of the family. They all have it. But, you know... It unequivocally, like I said, the worst, 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 worst neighbor I ever had in an apartment, you know, pounded on the walls all the time. And then I, I just lost it one day and I like launched into a, uh, an angry tirade, like pounding and pounding and pounding my fists on the walls, like back at him. And I don't really think I heard much pounding after that. Cause I like, I was like, you know, probably shouting a lot of uh, colorful things that I won't repeat here on this, uh, safer work podcast, but yeah. And then I got custody of my son and I moved into a two bedroom place and, you know, he had his own room. I had my own room and it had a kitchen that was the size of a closet, a closet. And, um, yeah, that was where my love of podcasting was born. That was where sitting like three feet away from a blue Yeti that I would record the first, you know, iteration of Epic Film Guys. Once I graduated from my phone, that is. And then we had headset mics for a while that Justin bought for us. But, you know, then I graduated. He bought me a blue Yeti, which I didn't know it at the time was a microphone that loves to eat sound. Loves it. <laughs> loves it. And that's one of those kind of prototypical uh, microphones that most, most professional podcasters would tell you never to use for podcasting. But you know what? I did great by that Blue Yeti. If you get the secret sauce, as Emily Prokop used to call it, you kind of dial in the very, the, 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 the very specific sauce on that microphone. Like it did love to eat sound, but it had its own like gain control knobs, like right on the microphone. And you could talk right into it. Like if you got right up on it right up on it and turned the gain way down, then you wouldn't pick up really any background noise. And I got it into a super sweet spot where a lot of people didn't realize that that's what I had. And a lot of people didn't realize that you could make a blue Yeti sound as good as it did, but it did. And then here, and then I moved here and I don't know what the first meal I ever made in this kitchen was that I do not remember. And Facebook memories hasn't told me what it was. But I do remember what the last meal I made was because I made it today. I'll talk about that in just a moment, but 
I'm just, I never wanted my kids to ever have to have the life I had to. When I moved into Binghamton in 2012, I didn't have anything. I had to take out a credit card. I had to get a credit card and buy plates. If you've seen some of my food photos, those plates that look like a stone wall, those are the plates I bought back in 2012. I still have six of them. One of which is, you know, very haphazardly super glued together because I, I might have broken it. But yeah, that's how that's how I started. I started out in the hole and I was already coming out of college and like my student loans had just kicked in not long before that. I was paying those back and it was a struggle but I had nothing. And the girl that I was moving in with also had nothing. We didn't have any housewares whatsoever. I bought a Keurig. I bought dishes. I bought pots and pans. I bought like literally any and everything that you can think of that you need to like operate a kitchen at like minimum efficiency. And it did all right. But I still have that credit card today. And that credit card's still not paid off today because I've been struggling ever since. And I don't want my kids to struggle. Now, my oldest son, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. He lives with my mother in Maryland and doesn't <laughs> doesn't quite, you know, have to pay a lot in bills or anything. So he just gets to kind of sit on what he makes and save it and do whatever, which is great. And, you know, I really hope that he takes great advantage of this time because it'll be the only time in his life when he doesn't have that kind of responsibility. But my younger son, he he's working now, you know, he, he has a job and, you know, with my help, he's going to be fine. You know, but I, I didn't want him to struggle the way that I had to struggle. I didn't want him to start out behind. I didn't want him to start out not able to catch up on everything, not able to do the things that he needs to do. Paying debts, endlessly, endlessly, endlessly paying debts, trying desperately to get ahead, clawing, and then sinking. And then you just, just, just managed to break the surface. You just managed to kick your feet hard enough and swim. I'm a writer, people. I'm sorry. It's what I do. Get to the surface and then something drags you back down again. And I've struggled so, so much of my life like that until around the beginning of 2020 or even mid 2020, you know, I was, and it was hard. It was so hard here. It was really, really hard. Like once I was separated and once I had to take on the, the expenses of this townhouse by myself, it was, it was, it was really, really hard. And I had to feel the sting of those days again, when I had 20 to $25 a week sometimes for my entire grocery budget and my son's vegetarian. So I'm buying him all sorts of like vegetarian patties and nuggets and all that stuff. And if you eat that kind of stuff, you know, it's not cheap. So there'd be a lot of times when, uh, my weekly diet was pasta and eggs, eggs for protein, pasta for everything else. What little flourishes I could chuck in there, you know, I'd buy like a pack of chicken breasts like once a month and then I would cut them into fillets and then, you know, portion them out. So I would have like one fillet a day. I've had to struggle so long and so hard. And this isn't, I don't, I don't pour this out on you guys and I don't give, I swear I've only had like a sip of this champagne too. <laughs> like I don't pour this out on you guys for pity or anything like that. It's not about that, but it's about that's how I've had to live and that's how I've had to suffer because I've never, ever had any help. And I've never, ever been able to take a step forward without taking several backward at the same time. And for the first time in probably my adult life, at least post-college anyway, when I move, my life is going to become immeasurably better. When I'm in a privileged enough position, and I'm so grateful that I'm in a position where I could help him as much as I have, most of the stuff that I own I've give, I'm just giving to him almost everything in that kitchen, almost all of my cookware, all of my dishes, all of my drinkware, like bowls, like storage containers, 
pretty much anything and everything utensils like cooking utensils all that kind of stuff almost all of it i don't need any of it anymore because rebecca already has it and the few things that she doesn't have i've already taken there or we've already bought different ones for ourselves anyway so i'm glad that he doesn't have to take out a credit card to lean on in order to just get started but i'm still that's what i'm the most kind of anxious about is him going out on his own for the first time. Is he going to make it? Is he going to be okay? You know, and he's a strong kid. He's a smart kid. He's a really good kid. So I really, really do think that he is going to be okay. But you, you, you can't, you can't erase that kind of like parental anxiety though. You really can't like, it's just ingrained. It's just in there. Like it's just buried in me. Like claws sunk in like, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, I just worry so much about that. As for the rest of it, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to leave this place behind. I really am. To go to a beautiful home with this, this person who is better to me than I ever even dreamed was possible. And I've often said to her and, you know, we'll often joke with each other that like, if I'd known that this was what love was supposed to be, I never would have stopped looking for it until I found it. But we make the choices that we make in life and they make us into the person that we are. And as rough as my ride has been and as much as I've struggled and as, and as tough as a lot of things have been, I'm grateful for everything that I've been through because I love and appreciate so much what I have with her, how special I think she is, how incredible I think she is. I'm so grateful that I know how to stretch a penny in the kitchen when I need to, and I know how to budget my money and I know how to take care of finances and I know how to take care of myself. I know how to do things for myself. I'm not helpless. I'm healthy and I'm strong enough to be able to work and to be able to have a good job with a utility company, a stable job, a union job. I'm so, so grateful for all of the different things I've been to in spite of all the struggles that I've been through because I don't ever want to see people struggle the way that I used to, the way that I had to. And I still struggle with so much. You guys hear me talk in the positivity segments week in, week out on this show all the time about the things that I struggle with. I still struggle with a lot of stuff all the time. I probably always will in some ways. But I'm so grateful for how amazing my life is. And that's why I wanted to pour this glass that I've literally taken like one sip out of because then I haven't stopped talking since I poured it and then spilled it on myself. All right, hang on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to do it. Also, there's that whole kind of thing of like I'm recording audio and I'm drinking champagne, which is carbonated, very carbonated because it's champagne. So then I'll be like burpy and I don't want to be doing that kind of thing, even though I would cut it out and you guys would never hear it. But then it makes more work for future Nick. And I, I really am trying like very cognizant. I'm trying to be very cognizant of making future Nick's life less difficult. He appreciates it so much. I promise you. He's like, dude, you the man. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm so, so grateful for this life, for all that I have for all that I'm able to give to others, be it my son, getting him started on the right foot where he's not going to be in debt, where he's going to be able to work and save his money and, you know, keep doing better and better and better things. The sky's the limit for him. The sky's the limit for all of us. Because no matter how old you are, listening to this, it's never too late to do something different. It's never too late to change your life. It's never too late to take control of your life. Never, never, never give up. Do not give up on who you are. Do not give up on what you have. 
You are amazing. This was long and storyteller mode just kicked in and it just went. So on the other side of the break here, we are going to get into the AMA. Again, this was recorded three months ago, give or take. So I can't even remember my answers to the questions, but I do just want to say thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to this. I hope that you are doing amazing. And I hope that wherever you are in life and whatever's happening to you right now, wherever, whenever, I hope that you're not struggling. I hope that you're not struggling. And I hope that if you are struggling, that you're able to find people to lean on to help you through it, no matter what that kind of help looks like, no matter what form that takes. Never try to do it all on your own. It's great to know that you can do everything on your own. It's great to know that you are self-sufficient and that you can take good care of yourself. But you don't ever have to try to do everything alone. Reach out there for help if you need it. Even if it's just a willing ear. Thank you so much for everything that you are and everything that you do. Never stop being amazing. Never stop being kind. Once again, I want to take the opportunity to thank everyone for submitting your questions for the AMA. It was absolutely wonderful reading all of the questions. I am unfortunately going to have to modify a few of them because, well, this is a clean show. (laughs) This is a clean show, and I don't know if I can answer some of them without, uh, you know, making it a not clean show. But I promise I will answer the less safe for work question over uh, over on the Patreon. So we'll just ignore, you know, we'll ignore any of that kind of stuff for now. But I do want to thank everybody that, that, that took the opportunity to, to ask questions. It's, it's amazing. I want to start over on Twitter and, uh, start with somebody who, you know, I absolutely love, I respect a lot and, and who is just a great, great content creator. You guys should definitely check it out. It's Sam from movie reviews and 20 Q's. Sam had a few questions in here, so I'm just going to pepper them in here. What is the most underrated spice? I'm going to say allspice, but I'm going to say it with the caveat of in a savory dish. I know, you know, you smell allspice and you think fall and you think like cinnamon cookies and pies and all those different kinds of things. But add it to a pork dish or a chicken dish. Just a little, I mean, a little goes a long way with allspice, but it just can add so much depth to a dish like a chicken dish or something like that. I'm going to say allspice. There's probably a lot of, ask me on a different day, I would definitely have a different answer, but I'm going to say allspice for today. He also asked, why are you so handsome? I thank you. Just thank you. Really? He did ask a not safe for work question. So that'll be answered over on Patreon during the next Patreon episode. Uh, Sam is also a patron of the show. So thank you so much, Sam, for your support. And then he also posted a gift from the office of Michael Scott asking Toby during his exit interview, who do you think you are? So the only thing I can reply with Sam is what gives you the right, which is, I think, Michael's follow up question to Toby in that uh, in that moment. The next question on Twitter comes from Caleb from Netflix and Swell. Thank you so much, Caleb. Caleb and I go back a long, long way to college. And I have great, great memories of walking down the streets of Clarion in the middle of the night, singing meatloaf with that man. And just, he is extremely no nonsense. And I love and respect him for that every single day. 
So his question is, I have a busy schedule, so I make a lot of prepackaged meals, pierogies, canned soups, etc. What are some good ways to enhance these? And for this, I'm going to basically go back to my youth and go back to when I first started cooking. Things like Blue Box and things like canned tomato soup. Now, like Blue Box macaroni and cheese, I used to boil it in bouillon. Now, I know kale is vegetarian, but get yourself a nice vegetarian or vegetable bouillon and just chuck a couple of tablespoons into the boiling water if you're boiling the pasta. For things like canned tomato soup, get yourself some fresh basil and just give it a rough chop, just a very rough chop and just chuck it in there and you'll be amazed how much it's going to light it up, how much it's going to brighten it. Always, like if you're doing anything prepackaged, even if you're only doing one thing to add to it, Add one fresh element and you'll be surprised how much it's going to brighten it up. Things like a pierogi, then just, you know, get yourself scallions or something like that and just give them a really quick chop and just chuck a handful over it. You just get that kind of bright crunch, that bright pop. And I know pierogi can be pretty heavy. So when you add things like a scallion in there, it's going to really, really brighten it up. Just try one fresh element. And, you know, if you ever want to reach out to me, anybody, you know, not just Caleb, uh, you know, and, and ask me if there's anything, you know, that you think would pair well, or like, what would I pair with this specific meal? Get at me on social media at Nikolai's Kitchen. We have the lovely M from Verbal Diorama. Now, M is going to be a guest on this show, probably season three, because I believe... I believe that I have booked and I'm going to record and I'm going to be on her show as well. I believe that's going to be sometime in mid-October. So it'll be when this season is wrapping up. So her appearance won't be until season three, but she's an absolutely amazing human and I adore her. She said, how did you go from the mindset of film podcasting to cooking podcasting? And I would say that they're the exact same mindset. Now, granted, Nikolai's Kitchen's a clean show. Epic Film Guys was not a clean show. Still is not. <laughs> you know, and I just decided when I was doing this show that I wanted to make it clean. You know, I just I just wanted this to be a clean show because I really feel for film, I feel like you can get away with it more than you can with food. I don't think food really for something for some reason it it, it doesn't really translate that way with me. But I think the mindset is exactly the same. I am so passionate about film. I'm so passionate about food. And what you hear when you tune into this show or, you know, what you hear whenever I was on Epic Film Guys or whenever I'm guesting on any other shows, because most of the friends that I still have in the podcasting community are all movie podcasts. M runs a movie podcast. I'll be on her show to talk about movies. <laughs> so it's just passion. And I think that's one of the best things that you can always do when it comes to podcasting is be whatever you're passionate about. That's all you have to really focus on is whatever you're passionate about. What's the best vegetarian recipe you know? My favorite vegetarian recipe is my lasagna recipe, probably because it's my favorite recipe, full stop. I do not put meat in my lasagna. My mother ruined meat lasagna for me when I was young. And even as an adult, because her lasagna is literally all meat sauce and almost no cheese. So kind of just to do it the opposite of that, I just make an all cheese, just vegetarian lasagna. Now it's a lot of cheese, a lot of cheese, but yeah, I absolutely love, love making lasagna with, of course, of course, with homemade sheets of pasta. She also asked a not safe for work question. So again, going to kick that one over to the Patreon. Thank you so, so much, everybody over on Twitter that got back at me. Now over to Facebook. I got a lot of different questions on Facebook. Half of them are not serious, but I am still here for it. And I still love each and every one of you for everything. Nonetheless, now, Jared Taylor who is a top-level patron of this show. Thank you so, so much, Jared. And thank you so, so much to all of my top-level patrons, Chris Yaney, Caleb and Dan of Netflix and Swill, my friend Bill Sutton, and my friend Krista. All of you are the lifeblood of this, and they get VIP rewards boxes every quarter delivered to their homes. They are right now enjoying 
my marinades, which is probably one of my absolute favorite things to make. M, speaking of which, there's another great vegetarian recipe because this time, normally I make it with chicken bouillon. This time I made it with vegetable bouillon because Caleb was vegetarian. And it actually still turned out really, really amazing as I expected it to. I didn't expect that it wouldn't, but it was really, really, really amazing. So that's another one that would fit into that. He said, what food do you think is the hardest to prepare slash cook? Eggs. <laughs> now, if he means like type of cuisine, I'm going to say Asian only because I've never successfully nailed an Asian dish, I don't think. Although the dipping sauce that I made for the crab rangoons when I made them over live stream for the cure, although it was extremely gingery, was fantastic. So I really, really do think I've nailed crab rangoons for the most part. But if it's singular food, individual food, eggs, I think my eggs are just not good. No matter what, I have watched so many videos. I have watched literally every famous chef, every popular chef in the world prepare eggs. I've watched Julia Child, Jacques Pepin, Gordon Ramsay, Anthony Bourdain, you name it. I've seen them all prepare eggs. I've tried to replicate their methods. And they never turn out good. <laughs> I just, and you know what? People have had my eggs. Rebecca, like I made uh, myself and, and Rebecca and her daughter, I made us all omelets for lunch last week. And she loved it. And, you know, a lot of people have told me that they enjoy them. But I, for whatever reason, I can just, they never turn out the same twice. Even when it's the exact same temperature for the exact same amount of time, it sometimes it scorches a lot. Sometimes it doesn't. I can never get omelets to flip right. I can never, ever, ever get them to work right. <laughs> eggs. Eggs are the bane of my existence in the kitchen. They really, really are. My good buddy, Justin, my co-host from Epic Film Guys, posted a gif of kindergarten cop that is Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, who is your daddy and what does he do? Well, Justin, you're my daddy and... You host the Epic Film Guys podcast, obviously. Chris Yaney wanted to know, if I'm forced to order a pizza from a major national chain, from where would you order what pizza and why? <sighs> I mean, college ruined Domino's Pizza for me. I was an RA when I was in college, and as an RA, you also attend other RA programs. And every single RA that went to Clarion except for myself. Once I learned that I could get sheet pizzas from a different pizzeria, everybody always ordered Domino's pizza and I hate Domino's pizzas so much. I also hate little Caesar's pizza. Terrible. It's cardboard. Why do people eat cardboard with sauce? So if, I mean, if forced, even though it's not anywhere near what it once was or not anywhere near what it was when I was a kid, I'd probably say pizza hut. And it would just be an extra cheese pizza. I am a very, very simple person as far as pizza goes. Cheese, bing, bang, boom, done. That's all I need. Brad from the Cinema Guy says, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And I believe that is a one, a two, a three, a three. Yeah, I'm old. I know that commercial too, Brad. <laughs> Uh, Gerald from two peas on a podcast wants to know, have you done Beverly Hills cop with Gerald yet? No, no, I haven't. Christine, followed up with, or watched angels with dirty faces, which is a movie he sent me on DVD. Chris, I don't have a DVD player. <laughs> I have my computer, my laptop, actually my, my tower, my, my new computer I got a couple months ago, doesn't even have an optical drive, but, uh, my laptop does. So maybe one of these days, if I remember when I have my laptop open and it's been booted up the half an hour that it takes to boot up, maybe then. Brad Hargis, once again, from the Cinema Guys, wants to know how many villagers does it take to screw in a light bulb? If these are Minecraft villagers, um, impossible because they would all die somehow before they ever managed to do it. Tony Baruby wants to know what death in the greatest TV show of all time lost affected you the most. God, what a question. What? Because there's just, there's so many, right? There's, I mean, in terms of just like, 
It, I mean, it has to be lock, right? It has to be lock because here's a man, here's a character who was so broken, who so badly wanted to find some sense of self, some sense of identity. And then he finally finds it in this place. And then he leaves that place to bring everybody back. And this is a character that has just battled and, and just failed everything in his life. He has failed time and time and time again. And he goes off the island and he tries to get everybody else to come back. And none of them come back. None of them want to come back. And he's so broken and he's so defeated and destroyed. And he wants to kill himself. Spoiler alert for, uh, you know, over it. The finale was over 10 years ago. So if you haven't watched it by now, you don't want to. But then just when he's about to take his own life, Ben breaks in and you think Ben's there to save him. And you're so, so relieved that Ben saved him, but Ben only saves him long enough to get the information he needs out of him. And then Ben kills him. Oh, just one of, uh, one of the most effective episodes of television ever. Really? I really need to rewatch lost again. It's I'm due for another rewatch. Hendo. I love you, Hendo. You are the man. What is the best flavor of ice cream and why is it mint chocolate chip? Mint chocolate chip is amazing. Mint anything is amazing. I worked with a girl who hated the combination of mint and chocolate. And I know it's probably divisive. Get at me on social media if it's something that you're not a big fan of either. Let me know. But I mean, I do love mint and chocolate chip. Not my favorite type of ice cream, though. My favorite, absolute favorite type of ice cream, black raspberry. Love, love, love that amazing fruit flavor. It's so, so good. Wayne from the countdown, my brother down under, I love you, man. He wants to know how come coriander tastes like now. <laughs> it was not, it, it was, it was a, an inappropriate question. I believe Dan from Netflix and Swell, when we talked about chicken tikka masala, referred to it as like a genetic defect that if you think that cilantro basically tastes like soap, that, you know, you're genetically defective in, in some way or the other. It's something that I've warmed on a lot more because I don't like it just plain by itself. I can't just take a, a bunch of it and just eat it. Cannot do it. But even when I talk about today's featured dish, when I talk about enchiladas, I used a lot of it in there because Rebecca loves it. Absolutely loves it. So when she went to the store, I told her to get, you know, cilantro. And then when we were preparing the enchiladas, she helped me prep everything for the enchiladas. So I asked her to prepare a Rebecca friendly amount. So she prepped a lot <laughs> and it was amazing. Like it really, really, if you use it in stuff, it can really complement the flavors kind of layered within something really, really well. So I would say, you know, if you're somebody who just doesn't like the taste of it sprinkled on top of something, maybe try it in a dish where you're going to have complementing elements like lime, like different uh, levels of chili. Like my enchiladas have three different types of chili powder in them. So, you know, it just complemented it so, so well. Speaking of Rebecca, she, I believe, jokingly wanted to know what is in seafood stew that makes Mookie love it so much. Mookie's her cat and Mookie loves seafood stew. And when you open the can, it smells like rotten seafood. So I'm going to say it's, it's just that smell of dead fish, probably like a fish carcass. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, related. When do you plan to start making your own cat food? I'll make my own cat food when I don't get hissed at by the cat whose dish I'm putting it in. Mookie, Mookie's an alpha kitty and he, he does not like me coming into his space. Like if I'm sitting down, Mookie's perfectly fine with me. He steers clear of me generally, but he'll give me some head bumps and whatever sometimes. But if I'm standing up and moving toward him, he is not a fan of me. <laughs> <laughs> I am just very, very big and very loud. And I don't think Mookie likes either one of those things. My good friend, Scott LaVar didn't ask a question, but Rebecca and I actually ran into him at Wegmans. He was in the parking lot of Wegmans, saw my car, recognized that it was me and was like, whoa. So yeah, it was amazing to see you as well, Scott. Amazing. Chris Chucked in a few more questions here. He said, in what film's universe 
would you like to live? God, I don't know. This is a tough question. God, it's tricky, isn't it? Because do you really want to live in like a universe, like a comic book universe where, you know, you've got like these God level entities that are like leveling cities and stuff like nobody who would want that. You can't say something like Harry Potter because I'd just be a silly muggle. You can't even say something like Star Wars because I'd be, you know, just, I wouldn't be a Jedi. (laughs) You know, if you're just like a normal, like, and that's always the caveat with this question. It's like, do you interpolate it to be like, oh, I would be like a super powerful wizard in the Harry Potter world or, oh, I would be a Jedi in the Star Wars universe or something like, no, most of us wouldn't be. You'd be a schlub. (laughs) Just be a normal dude hanging out in this universe. So uh, I'll say like the Star Trek universe. Only because, like, I don't know, like, and now granted, I know, like, you know, like, you, you interpolate, like, a lot of different things about, like, those universes and, and then, like, all that kind of different stuff. But, like, just, like, a, 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 a planet where it's more utopian and, like, where people are just seemingly anyway just more tolerant of differences. Maybe because we're introduced to all these extraterrestrial peoples out there who are all like even more different from us. So all suddenly our little, uh, our little human differences don't seem so different anymore. Our petty differences, uh, don't seem so important anymore to kind of paraphrase Bill Pullman from, you know, independence day. I would not want to live in the independence day universe. We'll say star Trek. I, I don't even know. Like I, it's just a, I, it's such a loaded question and there's so many different caveats, but what pre 2000s video game did you most enjoy? What, or do you still play it? I, whenever I get the time and, and the problem is with time, because I'm an old school, like final fantasy RPG type person, also like old school, like resident evil type games and stuff, all of which I will absolutely still play. Now, granted most resident evil games, like the first one came out, what 97. So most of them come after the two thousands, you know, but there's any number of different uh, final fantasy RPGs that I still love to play. It's just finding the time to actually play them. That's the tough part because you're investing like 60 to 80 hours in most of those. And I don't have 60 to 80 hours to rub together right now. (laughs) So it could be really, really tough. But what were some of my favorite books that I read through my freshman year in high school? I cannot remember anything that I read in my freshman year in high school. Is that sad? It was a long time ago, Chris. It was a long, long time ago. I read a lot of amazing stuff in college, and that's when I first read uh, Death of a Salesman, which is still my absolute favorite uh, favorite drama ever. Brad wants to know what is my favorite Bond film is. Why is it Goldeneye? Now, listen, this was a Patreon episode that I did for the Cinema Guys with Brad, and I have only seen Skyfall prior to this. And so GoldenEye is like my second ever James Bond movie. I know nothing of the genre of the trappings of it or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, GoldenEye is terrible. It is so bad. Like on every conceivable level, I hated it. And I can't believe that like all I've ever heard is like, that's the good Brosnan movie. And yes, it did spawn an amazing N64 game, Christiani, but no, it GoldenEye is bad. It's bad, bad. Like it is not good or enjoyable on any conceivable level. Like there's gotta be, and I asked Brad this, I said, Brad, there has to be some kind of like James Bond thing that I don't get. That is why this movie appeals to people. Cause I've seen two bond movies. I don't have that appeal. And last, but certainly not least, my very, very good friend, Sean Kibler, whom I absolutely adore, simply asks, is there any way to get out of the dungeon without using the wizard key? Sean, let me ask you a question. Why would a man who sure says genius at work spend all of his time watching a children's cartoon show? I know that's not necessarily the response to that specific quote, but still a Simpsons response. And it's kind of amazing. Thank you so much again, everybody that submitted questions for the AMA. I really, really do appreciate it. And, you know, next one, I'll probably do them periodically just in case more people want to ask more questions. Like I said, be they food related or otherwise, I am here for literally all of it. And yes, I will definitely be responding to the rest of the questions that were a little bit less safe for work, you know, over on the Patreon.
And that is going to do it for this special episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. Thank you again so much to all of you beautiful people who submitted answers to my questions. I got it right that time. This is it. This is the closing line of the final podcast I will record in this apartment. (sighs) Feels strange. I only took one other ship of that. Ship? Sip? I tried to combine sip and champagne and it became shipane. Champagne? I don't know. I only have taken one other sip of it though. But I'm just recording this quick bumper, this quick outro to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. If you're new, if you've never been here before and you want to find me, find me on social media, especially Instagram at Nikolai's Kitchen, but I'm on Facebook and Twitter as well. Leave the show a five-star rating review over on Apple Podcasts and you'll be entered to win homemade apple pie filling straight from my kitchen. It's not too late to get your review in there, but I'm going to be making it probably next week, maybe the week after. So make sure that you get those five-star ratings and reviews in before it's too late. Thank you so much for everything you are and everything you do. Go out there. Please be kind to someone today. Give extra love to someone today. Help someone today. Just listen to someone today. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Nikolai's Kitchen wouldn't be possible without the contributions of my amazing patrons. Thank you very much to Sam, Gerald, and Deb, and a very special thank you to my VIP patrons, Caleb, Krista, Jared, Dan, Bill, and Chris. Learn more and sign up today at patreon.com slash Kitchen.